0: Clients who who have a coach are less emotional. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, they have emotion, Mm -hmm. but they're able to deal with that emotion in a more reasonable and presentable manner. So they aren't as fired up. Their brain is not on fire. They're able to think with their rational mind as opposed to with their heart only.
1: Welcome to Making a Way, a podcast created to inform and inspire listeners through tough situations in life. I'm Sandra Guzman-Salvato. I'm an attorney and mediator. I practice in Maryland. I represent clients in divorce, custody, and child support cases throughout Montgomery County, Prince George's County, and Frederick Counties. Today, we we have a very interesting topic. We have a divorce coach in the studio, and we are going to be talking about when do you use a divorce coach, what is a divorce coach, and anything related to that role in your case. So we have Sherry Friedman. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I
0: am a an attorney. I practiced family law for over 17 years, and um, I was at a point in my life I needed to take a step back and I had young children. And when I'm now at a point where um, I'm reentering, reinventing myself as my children are getting older. And so I discovered divorce coaching and um, took a intensive uh, certification to become qualified to be a divorce coach. So I help people work through the divorce process from um, either in the beginning, um, the
1: middle, or even after divorce. Okay. So why not just have an attorney is what I'm thinking, because when someone hires an attorney, they're looking for that guidance. Um, So if anything happens um, or if they need to know what to do, I mean, most of the time, can't they just call an attorney? So yes, um, it's
0: important to have an attorney. And in fact, I encourage all of my clients to work with an attorney because as a coach, I do not give legal advice. So while I uh, understand the law and can um, give clients uh, general guidance, I cannot give them specific legal advice. So it's very important for them to get that knowledge, to have a consult, to work with an, to to get that information from an attorney because even if a client wants to just mediate they they come and they say I, I really want to work this out amicably I don't want to get an attorneys involved I don't want a lot of expense you can't um, negotiate without knowledge. So it's very important to work with an attorney. However, attorneys are expensive. Um, I was an attorney. I mean, you you have to bill your clients. That's how attorneys uh, make their money. That's how they make their living. And a lot of what uh, divorce is about is more emotional and practical. And many attorneys aren't um, skilled to help clients through those emotions and that practical everyday, what they're dealing with in divorce. And so that's where a divorce coach comes in. A divorce coach can really help clients work through those emotions and um, figure out the practical day to day. How do I, how do I manage now that, you know, as my world is falling apart, how do I pick myself up and keep
1: on going, So how does that then differ from, let's say, a therapist then? So what if a person has um, an attorney obviously handling everything in court, but then they also have their own individual therapist that they talk to about their feelings and... that sort of thing So are you somewhere In the middle of that? So that's a great question So a,
0: as a divorce coach I am not a therapist um, There are some divorce coaches Who might have a background In therapy I do not um, But um one of the primary differences between a therapist and a, and a divorce coach is that therapy, you're looking at the past. You're uncovering what might be holding you back and trying to find ways to heal and recover. Um, also, a therapist is trained to diagnose and treat mental health issues such as anxiety and depression, which um, present themselves a lot of times during divorce. What um, a divorce coach does is focus on forward thinking. So setting goals, identifying your core values. Um, I'm specifically trained and skilled and um to help clients overcome the challenges during their divorce and after divorce and help them figure out a plan, a strategic plan for moving forward. So, um, many of my clients also work with a therapist, but not all because sometimes, uh, therapy is not, um, needed. It's just that you just, you're at a point in your, um, in your life where you just need that extra support. Mm -hmm. Um, and, I utilize my um, legal knowledge and my skills as a coach to
1: give clients that extra bit of support. Oh, so that makes sense. So a therapist is, doesn't necessarily have the legal training Correct. that you would, and maybe a lot of divorce coaches do, which they don't have to, Correct. I assume. And so then it's more like bouncing ideas off of you, like, how do I deal with this situation? Um In a case. So how about those people that um, don't have that legal training? Do you find a lot of coaches don't even have legal training at all? So
0: I would say that a majority of divorce coaches don't have the legal training. And that's what sets me apart from those coaches. Um, Many divorce coaches actually went through the divorce process and they did not have that support. And they realized that that was missing and they wished that they had had someone um, to help them through the process. You know, they had their attorney, they had their therapist, they may have had their financial advisor, but something was still missing. Um, You know, they they would they felt that they just needed that extra objective mm-hmm. point of view to, to help guide them through the process and and at a less at a lesser cost mm-hmm. than it would be if you were to call your attorney. If you're calling your attorney every single day or even mm-hmm. once a week right. with non legal issues, you're gonna find that your retainer it's needs to be gone. replenished. Right. It's gone. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've heard this. Your client says... All the time.
1: Well, what legal work's been done? Mm -hmm. My case hasn't even progressed. We haven't even filed yet. Exactly. I hear that all the time. People get their bills and they see that every single call they made and every email that they wrote is on that bill. And that's sometimes even a quarter of an hour and $3,000 gone in a couple of weeks. So you're talking about cost. That's really important. So I, I... I'm assuming divorce coaches range, uh, would you say 100, 150 an hour versus attorneys who are 300, 400, 500 an hour? Sure. So I think that um, it does range with a
0: divorce coach depending on their professional background, depending on what state they reside in. Um, This area tends to be more expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, Lawyers are more expensive. um, And so what I do is I or I offer a 30-minute free consultation so a client can ask me questions, find out more about divorce coaching, and really see if we're a good fit because I think it's really important to have a good relationship with your coach and with your attorney um, and to feel good about that. So I, I do offer that 30-minute um, consultation for free. And then once... Um, We have a working relationship. Um, I offer a three-session package. So the clients get three hours of my time, in addition to email and text message support, which clients find invaluable. So if just something comes up and um, they just need reassurance Mm -hmm. or need to ask a quick question, they can reach out to me and they're not billed for that. That's all included in their package. Oh, that's great.
1: Oh, wow, I didn't know that part. So that doesn't come at your hourly rate, the emailing and the texting? Correct. The calling? Correct. So a
0: a call, so a client, sometimes it is easier just to chat. And Mm -hmm. so if a call is five, 10 minutes, I don't charge for that. It's included in their package price. Once it starts to be closer to 15, 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. 30 minutes, then it would be a half a session. But I'm really very fair with clients. I really want to help people get through this process and feel good about themselves and make really good decisions. And when you're emotional, you're not making Mm -hmm. good decisions. Your brain's on fire. You're lashing out. You know, you have knee-jerk reactions. You're triggered by your spouse and- That's when mistakes happen.
1: Yeah, I can imagine that. So you get people to the right frame of mind to be able to tell their attorneys what it is they want or don't want, because if someone's emotional, I think that a lot of times everything they decide is based on emotion, no matter how rational the other alternative is. They want to go with their emotions. Um, and so I think that now that you've covered the training um, and the things that you can do, right, um, what are some things that you cannot do? And you find clients don't know. Sometimes they ask you. So a lot of clients, because I am an
0: attorney, i um, by profession want legal advice. So they will come to me and ask and try to to get me to give them legal advice or to say, you know, my attorney is doing this, what do you think? And I cannot give them legal advice and I tell them that and what I what, but what I do is I w- I will question them. I will say, "Well, why are you hesitant or what are your concerns? Or let's look at that." You know, why if your attorney's telling you to do this and you don't feel that that's the right thing to do, why is that? Let's look at that a little bit. And sometimes they'll realize, oh, I didn't really understand why the lawyer was telling me that. And now that makes sense. Or they might go back to their attorney and I will say to them, you know, you need to ask, this is a really good question, but this is something for your attorney. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they'll ask me questions that are not legal in nature and I can help them with that. And they're not wasting the attorney's time and their retainer
1: on non-legal issues. So, uh, one of the things I just thought of when, you know, they're calling you and emailing you and everything. So is it confidential or these conversations, I mean, can you be subpoenaed to court? So uh, I can be subpoenaed to court because I'm not acting
0: in the role as attorney. I don't have attorney client privilege. Um, and so potentially, yes, um, I could could be subpoenaed, so I um I don't keep a lot of handwritten notes, mm-hmm. and um I I am very aware of privilege, having practiced law for so many years, so I'm I'm very careful with clients in that regard, and and what we say is confidential, so I'm not talking to my husband or my best friend mm-hmm. or the neighbor, you know. Mm-hmm anything they tell me is held confidentially unless I'm subpoenaed.
1: Mm-hmm. So is it best then that if you're in a case and, you know, you need a divorce coach or, you know, you need to talk to Sherry Friedman that you keep it under wraps, like you not reveal that you're talking to someone because obviously that person will be subpoenaed more than likely. That That's an interesting question. And, and I have thought a
0: lot about that, um, to date, I have not been subpoenaed. Good. Hopefully, that <laughs> hopefully I'm not opening that can of worms right now. Um, but it, it's and and there have been occasions where the attorney does get involved and make me part of the team. And um, it has yet to be tested, but you know there there may be more protections that way.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. Good. Um, So when the clients uh, work with you, uh, what are they more likely to start doing once because they've worked with you? So it depends on
0: what the client comes to the session with as their takeaway. Um, If a client comes to the session and wants to, they're just overwhelmed, you know, they have a hundred things on their plate, their, you know, kids, work, the attorney wants all this information. They're just trying to hold it together. We set um, small goals. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that there's somebody holding them accountable Mm -hmm. is really big. I've had several clients um, who I've worked with come back and thank me for being there and holding them accountable because otherwise they would have kept spinning wheels. They would have kept throwing up roadblocks. Um, Reasons why they can't do something that they know they need to do, but Mm -hmm. don't want to do. Um, Getting Clarity is also really big, getting really clear on what are your goals? What do you want your life to look like a year from now, three years from from now, five years from now? And then knowing that, what do we have to do right now Mm -hmm. to ensure that your life's going to look like that in the future? You know, obviously we don't have a crystal ball, um, but I I will ask clients, you know, if you could wave a magic wand and have your life look any way you want, how would that look? Mm and then we use that as a jumping off point to really explore what it is that is most important and what is not so important and those not so important things clients can then let go of it really helps with negotiations because sometimes we hold on to things that really aren't important mm-hmm. and we don't even really know why we're holding on to it it's just because we think it's unfair okay. or you know they want revenge mm-hmm. and when you realize well Revenge may not get me what I want. Mm-hmm. It's easier to then uh, reach a compromise.
1: But I feel like some of your clients may actually get there. I think, and you know, maybe forgive or get over things. But what about when they have to deal with this other person that? It's not there, not seeing anyone, just acting irrationally and crazy, and jealous and angry. Like, how do you? What kind of uh, coping skills or you know strategies do you give people like that?
0: So that's an excellent question, and I do work with a lot of clients whose spouse or former spouse is um, not working with anyone and and holding a lot of anger. Um, and so it, it's, it's not easy, um, but we work a lot on, uh, control and what you can control and what you can't control. And, uh, in fact, I am working with a client right now who, um, she always made the decisions in the marriage, um, husband deferred to her. And, um, now that they're divorced and co-parenting, they have a shared, uh, Schedule. They share the kids 50-50 and they have joint legal custody. And um, the husband is asserting his power, his ability to be able to make decisions. And it's foreign to her because she always made the decisions. And when they were together, it was fine, but now it's not so fine. And so learning to be able to let go of some of that and, and, you know, so if dad decides he wants to feed the kids you know, chocolate chip pancakes every morning, but she gives them all natural, no sugar, um, it, it, is that really something that we need to make a big deal of? And we, we talk through that and, and it's just letting go of some mm-hmm. of that, realizing that, okay, it may not be what I would do, but... Dad has joint legal custody. He's allowed to make decisions when kids are in his care, and that's okay. My kids are going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be okay. And really focusing on what she needs to do to be the best parent that she can be, the best mom, and the best person. Um, and and we've worked a lot. And you know, it's it's not easy. It doesn't
1: mm-hmm. happen overnight. So I guess the letting go of some things that that person may be doing, maybe not even consciously, that's just who they are. Exactly. Right. Because they'll not, they're not going to change. That's just what they do. And I'm sure there are things that they do have to take seriously. So I guess that's less, less things they have to um, really get on them about. Uh, So in terms of... um, you talked a little bit about your three sessions so what it what are three sessions um, cost a person so
0: um, th- three sessions are 470 um, and I offer a slight discount for uh, cash or checks
1: okay all right and I thinking that you're probably more accessible than an attorney, because I think that a lot of times clients complain um, that they'll call the attorney and the attorney may not get back to them for a couple of days and maybe not when they need them. And that's a common complaint because attorneys have a lot of cases. And if they're not in the office, they are either on the phone with someone or they're in court. Um, And so how accessible are you and a divorce coach would be? Sure. So I do think
0: that is true, that divorce coaches tend to be a bit more um, accessible. It really just depends on the circumstances and the case. I mean, I had one client who really needed to have a session with me and he had his kids and the kids woke up at 7 a.m. and and they're young, not in school yet, and um, asked if I could do a session at 6 a.m. 6 a.m. is a little bit early, but um, I accommodated him. He was a a client that I I had been working with for several months. And, um, and so it, it really depends on the case and the client and what's going on in my life. But I do try really hard to accommodate clients so that they can get the help that they need.
1: Okay. All right. And then, um, How about those cases where people are done in court and um, now they have to co-parent, right? And do you help those people? They're just now dealing with a court order, let's say, that requires visitations on X days at X times, um, but they're having a problem with how things are going. How do you step in and help?
0: Absolutely. So the role of a divorce coach is really important post-divorce because your attorney's finished with your case. They've moved on to the next case. And frankly, you're probably done with paying your attorney. Um, And so what I help clients with is the uh, responding to emails. How do I respond to this email that's full of emotion without triggering a response, a negative response. And that cycle of conflict continuing, 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 and nobody gets anywhere. And everybody feels upset, angry. Uh, The kids don't benefit from that. You don't benefit from that. And so I do work a lot with clients on figuring out how not to be triggered and how not to trigger their spouse. Do you ever talk to the other spouse at all? So I don't work with couples. Um, I have had one situation where both parties had their own divorce coaches. And so the divorce coaches spoke to each other and then went back to their clients and helped
1: them uh, reach compromise that way. Okay, and and are there times when people have attorneys, and people always, I feel like, question their attorneys, right? Um, are they doing the right thing? Are they doing everything that they could be doing for their case? Do you get involved in that, in telling them um, whether or not their attorney's doing a good job or a bad job? So, I have had
0: clients who do question their the ability of their attorney. Um, I do not comment on the attorney's uh, abilities, um, but what I do look at with a client is, well, why are you having these concerns? Let's let's look at that. What are those concerns? Are they reasonable? Are they unreasonable? Um, sometimes it's just calming the client down because something has happened in their case with their spouse and they're on fire, the client's on fire, and oh my goodness, my attorney hasn't gotten back to me and it's been, you know, 48 hours. So stepping back and saying, well, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Perhaps the attorney's in court. Um, but we also look at, you know, maybe it's just not a good fit. And and sometimes, and I'm sure you've had this, Sandy, where it, it it's just not a good fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I help them think through, well, maybe a second opinion is the way to go. If they feel really strongly, you know, if they keep bringing this up that they're not happy with their attorney. So they'll go for a second opinion and then maybe they'll come back to me and we'll talk through, okay, well, how did that go? And what did you think about that? And then it's ultimately up to the client. Mm -hmm. I never tell them, hey, you need to go switch attorneys.
1: Um, That's not my role. Do you ever step in and talk to the attorney about what the client may be feeling and thinking to tell them, hey, you may want to do something? Yes. Um,
0: If the client gives
1: permission for the attorney to speak
0: to me and for me to speak to the attorney, um, I will speak to the attorney. In fact, I think that it's very helpful, especially if the attorney is on board with their client having a coach That. It's important for me to know the strategy so that I can help make sure that the client stays on task, stays on path. And when the client questions that strategy, to help them formulate questions to go back to their attorney and say, this is why I have concerns. Can you explain this to me better? Or what do you think if we did this instead of that? With a clear plan. Otherwise, you know, they're flailing and the attorney doesn't know that this isn't what they want. They can't articulate when they can't articulate to their attorney what they want. The attorney just
1: kind of has to go with what they think Mm -hmm. is best. So do you ever have attorneys get defensive about that? Because I know I can think of a couple of attorneys who would take somebody else questioning them or their strategies or way of doing things and and get defensive because, you know, they're proud. Uh, Sure. And
0: I'm very careful not to question an attorney's um, methods or strategies. So it's not me questioning. It's really the client. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the client who has concerns. And so what I do is help the client formulate and articulate clearly what their concerns are
1: and so that they're able to then address it with their attorney. Oh, okay, all right. So you've never had an attorney get mad at you over you getting involved? So not, not to my knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> all right, good.
0: All right. Um, I, I really think that it's a win-win. It's a win for the attorney to have a coach on the team because they get a better client. Right. They get a client who's rational, ready- more rational. Correct. Sweet. Sometimes more rational, more organized, mm-hmm. um, ready to get to the business of divorce, mm-hmm. rather than just stuck in this their story, and they're they present better. They're better at mediation. If if the case is not able to resolve in mediation, they're better on the stand. They can prevent. They can present themselves better in court. Because I will work with them. You know, I work with them to get ready for court. I work
1: with them to get ready for mediation. How do you prepare Um, them for court? Because I've had clients who, regardless to how many times I sit there and practice how to answer questions and what to say and not to say, they're just an emotional mess. And they just keep going off on tangents. And I'm just like, how in the world am I going to have this person on the stand? So how do you prepare people to go forward in litigation? Sure. So that's an excellent question. So I think just having
0: worked with me, clients who who have a coach are less emotional. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, they have emotion, Mm -hmm. but they're able to deal with That emotion in a more reasonable and presentable manner. So they aren't as fired up. Mm -hmm. Their brain is not on fire. They're able to think with their rational mind as opposed to with their heart only. Mm -hmm. So it's important to have some emotion. You don't want to be a robot on the stand. But It's also, like you said, you know, important to be able to listen to the questions Mm -hmm. that are being asked and not go off on a tangent. And when clients um, who haven't worked with a coach are not always able to contain that. Mm
1: -hmm. I could see that. How about, well, there's mediation, right? Which is a process that the courts have established um, in some cases and in some others, attorneys just like mediation. So it's a process in which a neutral person sits down with them and tries to figure out the best way to solve everything amicably. So how do you help people get ready for mediation?
0: Uh, So I've, I've worked with several clients who actually don't have attorneys who are going through the mediation process. So as you know, a client, could go to mediation with their attorney or two, two parties can just come together and decide they don't want to work with attorneys. They want to try mediation first. And so um, in that particular case, I do a little bit more with the client in what does mediation look like? It's okay to take a break. N- empower them not to feel pressure to settle if something doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Um, I strongly encourage clients who are going to mediation who don't have attorneys to consult with a lawyer before going to mediation because knowledge is power. And how can you begin to negotiate when you don't know what you're entitled to? Mm -hmm. And I can't tell them that that's not that's legal advice. Mm -hmm. That's not the role of a coach. So a lot of clients are surprised that they can consult with a lawyer, but not have that lawyer at mediation. Mm -hmm. And so it's just educating. Mm -hmm. I I do a lot of educating clients, Um, even clients with attorneys, they still feel lost. Mm -hmm. And so it's just reinforcing that education, that knowledge, Explaining again, oh, my attorney said this, but I really didn't understand what it meant. And I asked once or twice, and I still don't understand, and I didn't want to pay any more to the lawyer. So I'll step back and we'll talk it through. And those types of things I can explain because it's not specific legal advice. It's, you know, you could look it up on Google, and Google could tell you what. Certain terms mean those types of things. I can explain to a client, and in layman's terms, sometimes attorneys talk in legal jargon Mm -hmm. and as an attorney, I sometimes do that too. We forget that clients don't understand what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so I break it down and really talk to them so that they can understand what it is that they need to do. What does the process
1: look like? And feel empowered really to move forward. Okay. So for anyone going, it seems like a luxury to me still, the fact that someone would have a divorce coach along with, uh, their attorney, but it, it doesn't really sound that way. Um, so if someone already has an attorney, how do they know, um, that they need a divorce coach or maybe that, that it would be helpful? Like what kinds of things could someone ask themselves? And if they answer yes, two, three, then they know. <laughs> sure. Sure. So there's lots of reasons, um, why someone might want to
0: work with a divorce coach. Uh, one of them is, you know, you're not thinking clearly your mind is jumbled. You know you're grieving. You have anger. You're fearful. Um, you know what is my financial future going to look like? Are my kids going to be okay? You know I, I don't know how I'm going to survive this. Um, you're unfamiliar with the legal process, right? So you don't know what comes next. And um, a coach can help you sort of walk through those steps. Explain it again if you need. If you if you have an attorney and. They've already explained it to you, but your mind was so clouded that you really didn't hear what they were saying. Just, you know, basically hold your hand and help you through that process. Um, If you can't get past your anger, right, you're really angry and you're just stuck. And that anger is preventing you from making decisions or you're making poor decisions. Um, Making no decisions is also not great, right? You're just you're paralyzed. And so what happens is when you don't make decisions when you are so frozen by fear, anger, frustration, the case is going to move along. So if 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 your spouse is the one who who wants the divorce, they're going to be pushing this along. And so your inaction actually will Create a situation where decisions are made for you, mm-hmm. not by you. And that's really important to remember because when you allow someone else to make those decisions at the end of your case, you're going to look back and wonder what what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, where was my voice? Mm-hmm. And so I really help clients find their voice. They're able to say, this is what I want and why. Mm -hmm. And that why is really important because it's one thing to say, well, I
1: want, you know, I don't want shared custody. Okay, well, why? Mm -hmm. And I can see how some people that come into my office are really not even sure if they want to move forward, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes they are with someone that has an addiction, right? And it always seems like it might get better. Um, Or maybe they just put in too much and they're not sure if they want to cut it, you know, call it quits right there. And then do you help someone make a decision? Like, do they ever say, Sherry, what do you think I should do?
0: So... Two things that I'd like to respond to that question. So um, yes, clients often ask, Sherry, what do you think I should do? And I will say, it's not up to me. Um, I don't walk in your shoes, I don't live your life, your attorney doesn't live your life, your best friend doesn't live your life, your neighbor doesn't live your life, your family members, right? Your parents, your sisters, your brothers, they don't live your life. You have to decide what is best for you and your kids and only you can really make that decision. You talked about a client's coming to you and they're really not sure whether divorce is the right path um, and how do they figure that out. I do a lot of work with clients on the, should I go, should I wait, mm-hmm. or should I should I stay? Mm-hmm. And so it's really important to, to look at that because just because I'm a divorce coach doesn't mean that I advocate divorce. In fact, if, if a client comes to me and they're able to make their marriage work, I think that's wonderful. Um, but it's also important to look at, Why, you know, why are things not working? And often that means seeing a therapist, seeing um, a marriage counselor, doing other things besides just working with a coach. Also, clients, sometimes they think it's one or the other, stay or go. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Well, what about the wait? And so the wait is really important because what they need to do during that waiting period is start to gather up documents. Mm figure out what they want to do with the rest of their life. So if they were a stay-at-home mom, you know, what will they do once they're separated or divorced? Or if you're a part-time worker, or even if you're working full-time, what is that now going to look like when you've got your kids, maybe 50% of the time, 60% of the time, 80% of the time, and you don't have that spouse coming home to, um, take some of that pressure off. So just really thinking through what does this mm-hmm. really look like? Like, what does divorce really look like? Clients mm-hmm. often don't do that. They just jump
1: right in. Oh, right. I'm done. I want a divorce. And I think it's a good idea to ask somebody somewhat neutral, right? Who helps them explore the options because obviously if they re- they're relying on family members or friends, they're all going to be biased. In Absolutely. Some way, right? They're, they're going to say, leave him or her. Normally, Right. If they've heard the bad. Absolutely. Um, So can you tell me um, about anyone in particular that you have helped and how you went about helping him or her? Sure. So I I have one client who
0: came to me. She was a mom of three. She um, worked part time. She was in the middle of her divorce process. She has an she had an attorney. Husband has an attorney too. Um they worked out the parenting plan and they were coming on uh mediation for their the rest of the case, the property, alimony, all the financial stuff. And she felt at a disadvantage because Uh, her husband had always sort of had more control of the finances and he was a little bit of a bully. Um, And so she was concerned about being pressured to settle and without having her voice heard. She was really worried about that. And so we worked together to build her confidence, to make sure that she thought through all the different scenarios so that when she did go into mediation, she could decide, is this what is going to meet my goals. Is this what I need? And um, ultimately they were able to settle the case and the financial part of the case. And she later said, Oh, I wish I had found you at the beginning of my case, Mm -hmm. because I may have made different decisions with regard to the parenting plan and the choices that I made with regard to what now, what I now have to, what I agreed to with regard to my children Mm -hmm. and the interactions with my
1: now, former spouse. Okay. All right. That's good. Um, how about other scenarios where you helped someone?
0: I'm thinking back. I had this one client. Um, he came to me right after the holidays. So, maybe a few weeks from now, you know, the holidays were over, and his wife came to him and basically said, I'm done. Um, I want you to move out. And he was completely blindsided, you know, missed all the clues. There were probably clues, as you know, Sandy, there usually are Mm -hmm. two sides to every story, but he missed it. You know, he didn't, he didn't see it coming and he was devastated. I mean, I, I describe him as a puddle on the floor. I mean, literally he couldn't go to work. He was physically ill, you know, just crushed. And so the first thing we did was I helped him, um, Locate resources and find a therapist. And because clearly he was at a point where, you know, he he, because I'm not a mental health expert and he was really struggling. So he needed to have that um, mental health expert sort of help him through that. While he was doing that, he was also continuing to work with me, building up some confidence. And after only a few weeks, he was feeling a little bit stronger and ready to focus on the business of divorce. Meanwhile, you know, his wife, who had been thinking about divorce probably for many, many months, if not years, um, was already on that train. Right? Her, her, she had already hired an attorney. She was already moving towards how can I, um, how can we end this? And so he needed to. He needed to get focused. He needed to get clear and he needed to get to the business of divorce. So once he was ready to do that, I helped him find an attorney. And then I worked with him and his attorney in um, figuring out what was going to be best for him. They just, the husband and wife decided that they really wanted to try to mediate and settle out of court. And so what would that look like? And he was getting stuck on certain provisions that in principle he didn't want to agree to. I'm sure you've seen that a lot. Mm-hmm.
1: It's the principle of the thing.
0: Yes, those things are terrible. And so he was really stuck on that. And so we looked at, okay, so how much is this going to cost? For example, you know, give your wife an extra $5,000 that she may or may not deserve. And if you say no, and the agreement falls apart, what's it gonna cost to litigate this matter? Okay. Not only financially, but emotionally, right? Because okay. you've gotta look at the emotional expense of litigation. It's exhausting, it's depleting. it It's all your dirty laundry comes out. You have to rehash all of that. So in some cases you have no choice, but in this particular, you know, he has a choice, right? Pay the five extra $5,000, or don't, mm-hmm. but then you've got to su- deal with the consequences. And so that just shining that light on that and helping him see that helped him to make a decision.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that a lot where the decision is easy, but it, means giving someone something they didn't deserve, right? Quote unquote. And a lot of times that money will go to the attorney anyway. So exactly. And much more. Um, so how about a situation that just went badly? Like, I know you said that there are clients where this isn't the right call, right, for them. So um, can you tell me about a situation that just did not go well?
0: So coaching's not right for everyone. Um, you have to be open to looking at options. You have to be willing to um, let go of fairness of what you know. Quote justice, um, and and frankly, the legal process really isn't just. It's not always fair. But some people are just really hung up on that, mm-hmm. and. For some people, they just can't, they can't let it go. And in those particular cases, coaching may not be the right avenue for you. Um, Since I became a divorce coach, I've had so many people come up to me and tell me, oh, I wish that I had known about divorce coaching when I was going through the process. I had a woman, I was at the gym and just telling someone about what uh, what I was doing and what, you know, what I do as a divorce coach. And I didn't know this person. And afterwards she came up to me and said, I just want to thank you for what you do. I had a horrible divorce. And if I had had someone like you who was able to help me through the process, I would have come out so much
1: better. And that just meant so much to me. Um, And, 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 so it's great that you can end a relationship and people still think fondly of you, <laughs> right? Yes. Because with attorneys, I feel like sometimes people end their relationships with their attorneys and they just feel so depleted because it's so expensive. And if you litigate the case, it's not a complete win. It's ne- It's hardly ever a complete win. You win some things and then you lose a little bit of others. It's never just a win all the way around, um, hardly. So- Tell me um, how people can reach out to you if they're thinking about um, you stepping in in any of the various ways that you said that you could help with. Sure. So clients can
0: email me at sherry at They can find me on my website. Um, I'm on Instagram at Your Divorce Coach and I'm on Facebook. I also have a um, private Facebook support group that I started just a couple weeks ago to help clients who were struggling with the holidays and um, I'm going to continue that as we start the new year and um, just being able to rebuild right your life one piece at a time um, and and helping Clients do that, and so um, the support group just is so that other they other people who are also going through divorce have some input and and can help each other.
1: Oh, that's really great! So you have a, a group that I guess goes online, mm-hmm. right, at the same time, and you sort of talk to everybody, talks to each other, correct? What they're going so through. So right right now, I post a lot of
0: inspirational, motivational quotes and tips and. Um, the people who are part of the group will comment or ask questions and i'm hoping that that will develop into more of just an it's an, a Online support group, and because it's a private Facebook group, it doesn't go out on your page, mm. and other people don't see it or don't know even that you're maybe in divorce. I think a so lot do of so you de- have like live sessions, or is, is it more just like information? It's maybe? information. Okay. Um, there may be some Facebook lives coming coming down the pike, but mm. not. right
1: now it's just information. Okay, well, great. Sherry, thank you so much for coming in and sharing all that information. I think that, you know, here at the podcast, Making a Way, I'm always looking to empower and enlighten people and um, get some knowledge myself. So that was great. Thank you so much. And for anyone that is looking for a divorce coach, if you didn't catch all that information, you can certainly reach out to me. Uh, My main office is in Rockville. You can call me at 301-340-1911. And this is attorney Sandra Guzman-Salvato. Thank you so much. Thank you.